Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Snack Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of Behind the Wheel podcast is sponsored by Amazon best-selling author of Retail Pride. He's the founder of Take Pride today. He was recognized as being one of the top 100 global retail influencers for 2021. Mr. Ron Thurston. Ron is the real deal. When I tell you Ron loves retail and he's proud of it. He's led some retail teams for some of America's most prominent brands. We're talking Bonobos, Intimix, St. Lauren. The list goes on and on. But he didn't write this book for brands. He wrote this book to help celebrate your accidental career. I had an opportunity to sit down with Ron. He is the real deal. He he loves leading teams and pouring into the lives of individuals. So when you pick up his book, if you haven't already done so, you can go to Amazon to pick up his book. It's chock full of nuts and nuggets to help you navigate your career in retail or wherever you might be. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley. And today, yo, we have a very special guest. But I tell you, this gentleman is, he's like a, a whiz kid. I seen this device and ah, blown away. I said, I've got to get him on the show. Give it up for Mr. Jeff Henderson. <laughs> well, thank you, Derek. I appreciate the word kid. Uh, that doesn't get thrown around a whole lot. So I appreciate that. It was very fortuitous meeting you that day. Yeah, uh, man. August or September this summer. Yes, as fate would have it. I just I said, there's a, there's a news crew over here. But before we get to the news crew and, and what you were doing in Bridgeport, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself, um, who you sure. are? My Well, um, I'm Jeff Henderson. I grew up in upstate New York in the sort of near the Finger Lakes region, which is where I live now. Uh, my background is I went to school for computer science, but I ended up becoming a race director um, and organizing events like triathlons and running races. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for the last 20 years. Um, the pandemic, like so many things, sort of derailed that project for for about a year and a half, hoping to get back into organizing races in 2022. But uh, mm-hmm. the last 18 months has allowed me to explore some other things. So mm. sort of been a circuitous path. So how did you get started? I mean, race directing, were you, were you a marathoner or a triathlete or both? Or? Well, I went to, when I, I was a swimmer since I was a little kid and grew up swimming and then got into cycling uh, after college. And um <laughs> I swam in college and then I got into, if you're swimming and you're biking, then at, at some point you might want to give triathlon a try. So I tried mm-hmm. doing some triathlons and then I became a triathlon official. Then I became a triathlon journalist and sort of um, got into the sport quite a bit. And then in the back of your mind, 
you start thinking, well, what would I do if I held my own race? And you start, this was back when triathlons were just getting popular. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you start thinking about, well, maybe I'd do it this way. Maybe I'd do these things. And, and then one day I just decided to try it. And, um, and that's, that got the ball rolling. And after the first edition, I said, I'm never, ever doing this again. This was (laughs) way too too much work, way too much stress. I don't, I don't have, I didn't want to think about it. And then a week later you start thinking, well, maybe it would be easier if I did this or change this. And, and then, and then you're, you're stuck, you're sucked in. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that was sort of the process. And then, um, and then you, it just snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. So how many, 20 some odd years race directing, and then you say, you know, I'm just going to do a timing, um, yeah. set up a timing system. Well, so I ended up, uh, I ended up organizing four different events. I, the muscle man triathlon in upstate New York, the fly by night duathlon in Watkins Glen, New York on the race car track. Um, the Seneca seven running relay, which is a race around Seneca Lake. And then there was, when I lived out in Portland, Oregon, I started the city of Portland triathlon, which is a downtown triathlon, which had its, all of its, um, additional stresses of being in a downtown environment. But over, over the years, you know, I always, I always had an interest in, in technology and I went to school for computer science. I've always tinkered with things since I was a little kid. My father, um, would, would spend time with me building circuits and and little devices at home. And so I've always been interested in, in just playing with things like that and, um, kept that interest throughout the years and built my own systems for, for race directing. Um, so that, so that I could automate some of the more mundane tasks like, Mm -hmm. like registration or, or, uh, or building tools that didn't exist. So things that I needed. Um, so, so that just over the years, I just kept doing that and uh, learning new things. And it's just a, it's just a fun way to explore. Mm -hmm. So then you went to, um, you say you're just gonna, uh, let let me put this. So then I, so what, for example, one of the systems I built was a mapping system. Um, Mm -hmm. when I was starting to, to organize triathlons, there weren't any online maps that you could build that would have uh, a swim, a bike and a run on the same map. And triathletes like to know where's the swim, where's the bike and where's the run. And so, um, you know, map my ride, map my run. Those didn't really exist back then. So, uh, Google maps was just was just starting to be a thing. And, uh, I don't know if you remember the first time you, you played with Google maps and you could scroll forever uh-huh. over, the, <laughs> over the edge of the screen. And I, I just remember sitting there for a half an hour, just <laughs> so where, where can I go next? <laughs> and I love maps. I've always loved maps. I like, I can look at maps for, for hours and just kind of wander around the world. And so, so that, uh, interest in maps, led to uh, playing around with a lot of things that maps can do. And Google maps opened up a whole, a whole new uh, realm of creativity for a lot of different people, myself included. So I'm surprised maps like are still around, man. I I was sitting in Barnes Noble and I walked, I said, are those, are those maps? Like, (laughs) isn't it amazing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, are they still people still buying even with the GPS? I'm like, I guess this is a, a default backup, but they had a whole full selection. Oh yeah. Maps. Yeah. They, they, I know it's crazy. I remember when, uh, so my friend Matt and I ended up biking across the country one summer and this was before 
this was 1999. So the internet was not really a big thing back then. Uh-huh. Nobody had a mobile phone. And we had a stack of AAA maps that we got from, from the AAA branch of every state that we thought we might go through. Uh-huh. And we'd go through one state and we'd throw out the map and then we'd go and those maps were terrible. I mean, they only really showed interstates and state roads and we ended up in some places <laughs> we should have been on our bikes, but mm. it's nice to have you, you, Harleys or over no, no, like pedal bikes. Oh, pedal bikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. But you end up, you take for granted this, this infinite map that's in your pocket and mm-hmm. that you'll, you know, it's a wonder people still get lost because you're, there's a lot of technology now that we didn't have back then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now fast forward to this day in Bridgeport. You have the camera crews and everything around. And yep. you are there with, and I'm saying this is an electronic conduit. Yes. But it had you 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 uh explain oh. that to the audience. Well, it sort of looks like a pipe bomb, which is which is <laughs> kind of you know it the yeah. <laughs> You don't want to be wandering around carrying something like that, yeah. but um, see that, something, say something. Exactly. exactly. It, it, it's basically built inside a PVC um, pipe connector that I bought at the electrical surplus store for five dollars. And you know, the, we were just talking about mapping. Mm-hmm. Um, my mapping systems ended up um, being used during the pandemic to create virtual events, and one of the companies that that wanted to hold a virtual event was a company DMSE sports in Boston, which is owned by the Boston marathon race director, Dave McGilvray. And they, I did some work for them two summers ago. And then, um, and then they ended up referring me to this group, uh, Polly's push, mm-hmm. which was an effort, uh, by a former flight attendant to bring awareness, uh, to the flight crews of nine 11, uh, by he, his, his whole project was to walk from Boston, from Logan airport to ground zero in New York mm-hmm. while pushing a beverage cart. And it sounds like a crazy idea, but it's incredibly, it was incredibly powerful and uh, for a lot of different people. And one of the things that they wanted to accomplish, uh, speaking of maps, all uh, maps tie all this, this whole story together. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing they wanted to accomplish was they wanted to know where he was during his journey, during his walk, which was 220 miles over the course of 20 days. Um, where is he going to be so that people can come out and meet him and mm. walk with him and share his story? And that was a, that was a very important part of their project. And so the group that was putting on Paulie's push couldn't find a technology solution that was adequate for finding Polly. And, um, you know, we have all these different options now with technology. There's a million apps. There's, you know, there's an app for everything, but there wasn't an app for this. And so coincidentally at the very same time that Polly was getting ready to push his beverage cart from Boston to New York, I was building this camera system and my, my, original intention was to build a, what I call a Google street view for bikes. And so I was going to put a camera system on the back of my bike and I was going to ride down a bike path and I was going to map the bike path, just like Google street view. So what's good for cars is good for bikes. And I've always been a big advocate for, for bicycle travel. And I wanted people to be able to visit a map from home and say, I want to bike this trail. What's it look like? Where is it? What, where are the trailheads? And, and just open that world up to people a little bit more. 
by building a, a camera system. And so it turns out, funny enough, that camera system was perfect for Paulie's beverage cart. <laughs> so we just, we put the camera system, well, I had to finish it first. I, was, I wasn't even done with it yet, but I, once it was finished, we put it on the beverage cart and there were two cameras, one facing forward at the, the road ahead and one facing Polly, who was pushing the cart. And every 30 seconds, the GPS system transmitted his location to a interactive map that people could access from anywhere. Mm. And every 90 seconds, it took two pictures, one of the road and one of Polly. And so you could actually be immersed in his real-time journey mm. um, while he was walking. And it turned out that was that was a very powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It, I was, I was not torn between. It, there was Paul. This this incredible thing that was happening that Paulie was doing. I was like, wow. And then you had this other thing. It was like, okay, <laughs> that would that was too so much sensory overload. <laughs> then there was a company that was from right uh, from Britain, Britain, from London, France, Paris. So, yeah. So group. there's. Uh, so I've ended up. So I've been. Um, so the company that, that put me in touch with Polly's push was from Boston. Um, mm -hmm. they had a local connection with Polly's push, but I've been doing work during the pandemic for, for these companies overseas, like British rowing, um, and the Invictus games and these charities in the UK. Um, and so it turns out the pandemic created a lot of connections around the world for yeah. a lot of different people, not just me, um, because of the nature of a virtual work. So, um, and the, the Polly's push was a nice marriage of the in-person, the being able to meet Polly, talk to Polly, get your picture taken with Polly, uh, mm -hmm. the man who was pushing the beverage cart and virtual. You could see where he was. You could, sharing his story online you could contribute um you could donate to his cause um so there was there was a lot of you're right there were a lot of things going on during that event and the technology piece was meant to be in the background but it was a very instrumental part of bringing his story to yeah. to a lot of different people and yes. um, it, it wasn't competing um no it's it, very complimentary Yes, and, and then there was I don't I don't know if the the agency that was there, um, Brute, um, there's a yep. news organization, and they they have a, a now a, a station, a satellite office in in New York where they cover stories. But they originally were they, they're not from here. I was like, oh wow, this is I'm getting oh, news right, right, right. getting. So this was this was this was great. Um, yep. so, so to see you starting as in in, in one area and. Yeah. Then, then you, 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 your life takes this turn, and you're, you're, you're a race director. Yeah, and and now you're doing this thing, and now you come back, and these these skills that you acquired through school are now being able to apply and use in in, in your work and in helping some. What does that feel? Helping someone else in <laughs> towards like a bigger cause. I mean, what what does that feel yeah. like? Well, it's a funny thing, Derek. I mean, it's, it's, it's very empowering. It's very, it's a, it's a great feeling when, when you build something that can be of help, that can be of, of use to somebody. And I, I could see on the road every day, the people who were coming out of their houses, the people who were standing on street corners, the people who would track him down in their cars mm -hmm. with tears in their eyes and run over and give him a hug. I mean, it was, it was 
he was, he was giving out a lot of hugs and um, he was connecting with a lot of people. And, and, you know, you, you, it's his story that, that, that is the most powerful thing, but people need to hear the story. And so being able, like what you're doing with the podcast, you're bringing the story to people and letting them share in the message and find what each person's going to find a different message from, from every story. And, and you're just enabling that. So, so the technology is, uh, it's, it's an enabler. Um, A lot of times, you know, we can get down on technology and they're rightly so, but, but there are a lot of stories that can be told through it. Um, and not just, uh, not just textual, but geographical, visual, you know, oral, like you're doing right now. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways to bring that story to people. So that was, it was a neat, it was a neat thing. It felt really good that, yeah. that it was so useful. So when you, when you started, um, with this whole idea of, I'm just going to do a bike path. And I'm in, you know, like, you know, electronic surplus store and I'm I'm getting these pieces. Did you ever envision it being um, used for what it was used for? (laughs) Never. No, never. Um, You know, I thought maybe it would be useful. I I knew it would be useful for me because I do a lot of bike trips and I like uh, having a record of my journey and the, the the path, the map is one component of that. I thought maybe it would be helpful to maybe a, maybe a high school cross country team that wants to, you know, people want to go map out the course and see it beforehand, or maybe a tourism agency where um, like a country like France wants to bring people to the country to, to bike. And you don't necessarily know where the bike trails are or what they look like, or you want to be prepared for it. So they might be want to map a bike trail, but I never, ever in a million years thought this would be used for a 9-11 remembrance memorial um, by a man who was so profoundly impacted by that day and the people who want, who need to hear his story. I mean, that was totally unknown. I mean, you never know when you wake up in the morning, what's going to happen. And one of my, one of my guiding principles that I like to use is, is, I, I try to not say no ever. And so um, if it's, if I can make it possible, if I can make it work for somebody, for something, then, then I'm going to try to do that. And uh, that ends up opening a lot of doors and, and you leave yourself open to a lot of possibility that way. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. I, um, after this, this, so after nine 11, Paulie successfully completes the mission. And I start thinking of, about this, this, I'm just the technology and how could I utilize the, um, is there a way to utilize the technology to be able to, to, to share with, with my audience and so where am I at? Yeah. Yeah. State or if not tracking like on, on a regular up to date basis, but you started telling me about some of the features and being, can you pull up the map? Can we, can, can, so folks can maybe see what the, uh, what the map looks like and, uh, so it looks like was my, it, it looks like you need to enable my share screen. Um, okay, but the map, yeah. So the <clears throat> I'm still not sure what, what this. I'm starting to get into the exploratory phase of what other uses this might have, and start to talk to people about it. And this is, you know, here's some people standing by the side of the road who just who just happened to be there when the camera took the picture, um, yeah. and they would have had no idea that he was coming through unless they just randomly happened to, to, to be there. 
or right. were aware or following him on Facebook. And but the update right. it's just kind of like real time. I wanted to do something. I wanted to come by and and, and express, you know, my gratitude yeah. for what he was doing and to just be able to, like you said, to empower, enable, um, utilizing technology to able that that experience to take place is incredible. Yeah, the the nature of his walk, I mean, he was stopping a lot. And so we would start walking at eight in the morning and we usually didn't finish until six at night. And he's mm-hmm walking from 10 to 15 miles. So he stops, he talks, uh, the message, the spreading the message was a big component of it. So there was no way where we could tell people he's going to be at this town at this time. We had no idea. And so the real-time tracking was, was essential because that was the only way to determine where he was. And so we shared the map, uh, the address of the map and uh, the website address with people and they could just go in and see, you know, I know he's going to come this way sometime today. Where is he now? When do I need to go out and stand by the road so that I can meet him? And then a week before the, the police push started a week before he left Boston, I thought, well, maybe people would want to be notified. People like getting notifications, you know, maybe people probably aren't going to be sitting at their desks looking at him walking throughout the day. You know, people have other things to do. So I built a little system where you could submit your phone number and every time he started walking, you'd get a text message and um, it would say, Polly has started his push for the day and you can check his location here. And it turns out, you know, that had over 5,000 subscribers by the end of his walk. And so every time he started walking, 5,000 people were being notified in real time. He started for the day and I could watch the the statistics of the website traffic and you could see the the spike. You could see as soon as that text message went out, people went to the map and Mm. they wanted to know where he was and, and when he was coming through their area. And so that was a neat thing to be able to see how, um, how people found him and how, how people gravitated to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. And so I, I, I have the behind the wheel and I'm not behind the wheel today, folks. <laughs> I will be later on. Cheating. And so be able to, to, to get the, the vehicle wrapped and putting advertisement on the, uh, on, on, on the sides and then like an led screen on the top for advertising so they can see. And my, my yep. thought was in, in, in sharing it with you was to be able to say, oh, I was at this town and I'm at this location. Um, we are not tracking me like day to day. But oh, I can see where the vehicle is making its rounds throughout the state. Yep. Yep. And oh, he was at this business and whether, and I guess you, you, you we'll, we'll talk about this um, afterwards, but you're talking about you can then ping, do it manually so people can see where you're at this um this business and this episode yep. was recorded here. And, and I just think it's incredible. So where, where could folks find you, Jeff, if they were interested in, in getting a, a virtual weight race sponsored or finding out more about the activities that you do? Sure. Uh, where would they, where they check you out at? So the name of my company is Resport, R-E-S-P-O-R-T. It just stands for real-time experience sport. Uh, Cause a lot of things that I do are, are in real time so that maps are built and results are loaded and all, all these things happen in real time. So resport.io is the name of my website. And, um, it, my email address is just Jeff, J E F F at resport.io. And, um, and you can contact me through the website. Uh, if you have a, if you want to talk about 
using the camera system or a, the tracking system for your event. I think it has a lot of different uses uh, from races to charity events to um, any kind of event where you want to be able to, to document it um, geographically. Um, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it being used. Um, I'm actually about to go visit a friend of mine in, in Luxembourg and um, next week. And I have a, an appointment uh, to meet with the woman who's the director of the European Cycling Federation in Brussels. Mm -hmm. And they maintain the Eurovelo routes, which are long distance cycling routes throughout Europe. And so I'm going to talk with her about maybe there's a possibility of mapping these Eurovelo routes through, through Europe. Um, who knows? I don't know. So it's just having the conversations, as you know, conversations are very powerful things. And, yeah. and every time you, you can talk to somebody and, and share an idea that that idea can spread. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. I like idea viruses, man. And yeah, it's a good thing. It's actually, especially, it's actually empowering and and making a difference in the world. You that's know, that's one. That's of one of yeah. That's that's one of my values is uh, for the show is is highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who do extraordinary things within their communities. And you you were doing some some extraordinary work. Um, because you could have just ran India. Hmm? Yeah, I'm glad I ran into you. I mean, because you could have just when I, when I think about you know you you you're some if you're creating, um, sometimes you it, you may be doing it in a vacuum. You know, creators, right? Some some of these things are like solitary activities, right? And it's right. only until afterwards now it's out in the world. Now, what if you just said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to finish this thing, or I'm not going to talk about it, right? Um, then yeah. I, we yeah. wouldn't have met. Paulie's vision wouldn't have, you know, been able to come to fruition. But I just think that it's it's important to kind of let people know, hey, you know what, whatever yeah. you're working on, you may not feel it's it's as though you might feel like quitting sometimes, but um, don't don't give up. You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's a fantastic message. You never know. You never know what's going to be useful. You never know what's going to be powerful. Uh, that's a. I love that message. You're right. Were you always uh, this creative? <laughs> well, I don't. Some people say there's nothing new under the sun. You've heard mm -hmm. that um, expression, and uh, creativity is really applying an idea from one realm into another realm. And um, if you can think about some of the greatest innovations that people have ever had, sometimes they've lucked into them. Sometimes they've just been they've they've come from one field and they've brought their expertise to a different field. And that is where a lot of innovation happens. So I, I had experience in mapping. I had, ex I was dabbling in, um, in, I like biking. Um, and so combining, well, let's make a map of where I like to bike. Um, mm -hmm. and that it doesn't sound like that's been done before. Um, it seems like kind of a, an obvious thing, but, uh, but then, you know, you build a system for a bike and, well, it turns out you can put it on a beverage cart. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have, yeah. it's just applying it to different to different realms, and um, and that's where a lot of creativity comes from. Yeah, there, there are these um, mini libraries that I'm going to you know be putting up throughout Bridgeport, um, mm -hmm. and my little library has, I guess they have it mapped, and so if you have your you know you, you buy the like the ID and then you can your location then is is stamped on this huge map around the world where oh, this wow. little library is and i just yeah. was like yo this is i had mapped out a um a, a 5k initially we, we were 
there's a little there's a school walking distance from from where I live, and um, you the, walk by there one day. There's a field, and it was just trash all over the place. I'm like, yo, this should. Why is this like this? It's a yeah. brand new yeah. field, but on the side where the where the housing development is like. Nobody cleans this up. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go by and we're going to clean this up. I map out an area. So we're going to run a 5K through here. And, yeah. so just, and, and maybe put some houses, you know, put these mini, mini libraries along this 5K route. After mm-hmm. talking with the director of my little library, he said, you know, so where, where would, he said, you want to place these libraries where they get the most visibility. Mm-hmm. And so, so, okay, let me rethink that. But when I do map out in the high visibility areas, I'm going to do it as a route so people can see oh, this is where these libraries are located. And um, that's yeah, great. It's, it's, that's it's, fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so glad that we, we had the opportunity to, um, to yep. check in. Again, tell them, Jeff, where they can find you. Go to resport.io, R-E-S-P-O-R-T.io and click the contact button and you'll reach me. All right. Well, thank you so very much, Jeff. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. 